Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. And as we cross that Independence Day holiday, kind of feels like a big checkpoint during the summer. Like fall sports practices, the first competitions are right around the corner. But really, we're still in the thick of the offseason. We're still two months away from seeing the first games come back here to Northwest Missouri State. So they're on the horizon, but we're not quite there just yet. So for episode number 76 of our podcast today, we have a former Bearcat from the broadcasting side jumping in with us, a 2015 Northwest graduate in Chucky Kemp. Now, Chucky's still in the early stages of his career, but he's done so much already and is a super talented young broadcaster. Over the last five years, he's been all over the Midwest calling college basketball games for ESPN, many of those coming from the Big 12, but also some Big 10 and other conferences mixed in as well. He's also worked on broadcasts for National Pro Fast Pitch. He has done play-by-play for the NCAA Division II football showcase games around the country and so much more so. He definitely puts in the work anywhere that he can and continues to build up that resume. And he got a start right here at Northwest Missouri State, growing his skills inside Wells Hall, Bearcat Stadium, and Bearcat Arena. So we'll cover his background as a St. Joe native coming up here to Northwest and also get his perspective on a couple of the coaches that he got to know as a reporter. So Chuck is a good friend and excited to have him on the podcast. Really appreciate him taking some time out to talk with us here today. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Today we talk with Chucky Kempf about his career path into broadcasting and how he got his start here at Northwest, some of the biggest games he's covered, and the well-oiled machine that is Bearcat basketball. Today on Bearcat Rewind, we are joined by Northwest Missouri State alumni Chucky Kemp. Chucky was on the radio up here at KZLX, our student radio station just down the hall from KXCV. Now you can see and hear him on ESPN as he does a lot of uh, games for uh, ESPN College Basketball, Big 12, Big 10, you name it, he is up there. Also done work for National Pro Fast Pitch. He's done NCAA Division II football games of the week in the past as well. Always great to talk with you, Chucky. How are things for you? What have you been up to lately? Uh, good. I mean, it's, it, this is always a little bit of a slower time for me right now because I'm still, um, I'm not sure that the grind ever stops, but I'm definitely still in that phase of my career. So, you know, the summer is always a little bit slower as far as on-air stuff goes. Right now I'm actually working in the Royals production truck, um, helping out there. And it's, you know, that's always a great experience to be in a professional uh, sports environment and get to see what they do and it's a really good crew it's a really good situation for me so uh, I like it I think it helps me long term on air just to be able to kind of see what those guys are doing in the truck and kind of hear what happens and how things go and when things are going well and when they're not and how, how they are dealing with things so I can you know maybe help them even a little bit when I'm on the air so uh, that's what I'm doing right now hopefully uh, I can I can snatch up some football this year as well, and then um, you know basketball will roll back around again. Hopefully, you never know, but that that's the plan, I guess, for me. Working right now in the truck and doing a lot of a lot of things behind the scenes. When you think about the Royals broadcasts, and we are used to seeing you in front of the camera and, and um, with the lights on you, and kind of getting ready for those basketball broadcasts all the time. 
how different is that going into it of you're prepping for a game and you're getting to know names and stats and, and all these things that you have to break out during a game and talking with your director of what's going to come up when to now being behind the scenes of, you know, I don't know if you, you have that feed of Ryan Lefevre doing the Royals game, but seeing that process of, uh, of how it's actually made before it gets to the viewer. Way different. And I, you know, it's especially in baseball, I think, and these, these, uh, groups that are together so often because there's such a flow with everything and it's so simple and um, I mean I, they, they make it look easy I guess I mean they might not say it's easy or simple but they make it look that way so you know they roll in and pretty much same time every day they do their open and they uh, you know shoot all this stuff beforehand and it, it just it seems easy and there's such a process for them so that's that's really cool because it's this, the one thing about this business I think that um I have known since day one is that I just know nothing and I've been learning a ton all the time. And so to get in different environments and see how people work and how things work and I, you know, probably varies from city to city, team to team and, and broadcast team to broadcast team. But it's, it's fun for me to get to see those things and see how they work together and and see what works for people and kind of, uh, even even get some expectations if I were ever lucky enough to get in a situation like this. Well, pulling back a little bit further from what you've been doing these last few years to growing up in St. Joseph, you go to Bishop LeBlanc High School, you're kind of ready to make that next step. You come to Northwest Missouri State, and of course, ended up on KZLX, you're on the Bearcat sideline for games and, and so on after that. How did you end up in Maryville, Missouri to go to college whenever you think back and you know, your dad was an all-conference pitcher at Missouri Western. Uh, you know, holds a couple of records there still for the baseball team. Your aunt Sherry was an All-American for the Missouri Western softball team and won a national championship. Probably the best pitcher to ever go through that program. There. <laughs> How do you go from being raised around the Griffins to coming up here to Northwest? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's. It, I knew that. You know, I probably wasn't going to go a long way from home, but I didn't want to stay home completely and. Like you, you probably hear this a lot from people from St. Joe or Kansas City that Northwest is kind of the perfect distance away. So that was what kind of, you know, I wanted to visit there. Somebody came to our school and had done a presentation, so I made a visit up there, and I, I just loved it. The campus is great. It was just a really good fit, the community and everything. It was, uh, it, that is a college town. I mean, that is, it, it had the feel. I was like, this, you know, this is the atmosphere and the feel that I want when I go to college. And then it just so happened that they have, a tremendous uh, broadcasting school, basically the program that you can go through and get tons of experience. I mean, it just you don't, you can't find that everywhere to be able to get on the air as a freshman, which you know I did my sec- second semester with the radio, uh, calling baseball games, and so from that point on, I was calling tons and tons of games uh, for the next three and a half years, and you know that that definitely. You know, I, I got the atmosphere, uh, the program was there, and I thought, man, this is something that I might want to do, and it just kind of all fell into place really easily. But, you know, it didn't take long. Once I got on campus, it was it was pretty quick. It was, uh, you know what, I think this is the one. And then, you know, Hudson and Perrin, I knew that would be where I was staying, and that's, uh, that's a pretty good pretty good deal for a freshman in dorms. Not nearly as good as the Dirty D uh, Dieter College is where I came up, but... <laughs> I, I think I stayed there for basketball and football camps growing up, so I did get that feel still. <laughs> it was good. It was good. So was there any cringing at your graduation party in high school whenever you're like, well, I'm going to Northwest. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, no, not at all. No, there's, no, uh, there's no big rivalry there. I don't think it must have just been too long. I'm not sure they they must be getting soft up there or something. <laughs> well, so it's a tough road when we think about Bearcat student athletes to to make it at the professional level and and make that jump from Division two to the NFL or or whatever league they're trying to get into. We think of Dave Tolleson and Seth Wand are two of the big ones on the football side. Justin Pitts and Deshaun Cooper are doing it big overseas for basketball. What about on the broadcasting side? I mean, you've done some big national games um, for college basketball. I mentioned national pro fast pitch as well. You've been in some big atmospheres to get there. And we talk about the reps for these Division II athletes. Just to, you got to be seen. you got to get that right exposure. What's it like on the broadcasting side? I mean, is, are, are there some parallels there? I I don't want to give myself that much credit. I think it's definitely difficult. This profession is so competitive. You know that. There's so many people that are trying to do it, and you know people ask me all the time, and I still I just would like to say this. I have a long way to go. There's there's so much that's not guaranteed, and you know every time I get to do a game, I'm seriously thankful. That sounds cliche, but I mean, there's there's just so much more to go and so much more to to get to and and try to guarantee some more long-term success but uh it's it is so competitive there's so much that goes into it and you know i I always tell people i think that i just got lucky i mean you know i i put i put myself in position with some I, i got lucky to get some opportunities early that i was able to send to espn thankfully i got those um and then you know i i tell people the email I sent that, that got me a couple games, I think five years ago now, I'll be going into my fifth basketball season. Uh, I, I always tell them, I'm like, if I just sent that 30 minutes earlier or 30 minutes later, you just never know. I mean, it, it's that, I, I think it's that tight and that difficult that the right person saw it at the right time and uh, said, you know what, let's, let's give him a chance and, and see if he can do something. So that's, it is uh, extremely difficult. I don't want to compare it to what those guys have to go through, but it's uh, I, I'm definitely super lucky to have the chances that I've had so far, and I'm just hoping that they uh, that they keep coming. Well, you've made the most of those opportunities, and you've done a great job of representing Northwest Missouri State, but you always look great, and you sound great on there too. As we record this on a Wednesday, and the Royals are wrapping up a series with the Cincinnati Reds here this afternoon, Tommy Thrall, the radio voice of the Reds, is in Kansas City. He's a Smithville native, came to Northwest Missouri State, and he worked his way up to be the play-by-play voice of the Reds. When you look at that, and and you mentioned it, you're still climbing the ladder, but you've done some big things. How cool is that to see another Bearcat just kind of down the row there of, all right, he did it. He got to that promised land to where I'm still slogging, I'm still grinding away, but uh, that is in my sights here down the road too. Uh, it's awesome, and that's it's. I see Northwest everywhere. Every crew I'm on, ESPN broadcast that I'm on, uh, especially in this area, this Royals crew. I mean, there's just Northwest alum everywhere in this industry, which is great. I mean, that's it's. I, <laughs> I go all the way back to when I'm trying to think. I would have been probably on the sideline for something for the student radio station when we met. And me, you, and Chris Roush were sitting there talking, and it ended up being an internship. And then I worked for you, and uh, that—I mean—that was huge for me. So that's you know the Northwest connection is everything. It's great to see somebody like Tommy doing what he's doing because it, it does—it's kind of that that road that's been paved already, and that shows that you know you can get anywhere no matter where you went. 
or where you come from. So um, that that's great. But yeah, they're they're everywhere. Northwest alumni are everywhere in this industry. So it's always nice to see familiar faces. Pretty much wherever I'm at, I can I can almost count on on having a Bearcat with me. Well, you mentioned that that KQ two connection to where you interned and then you worked there. And and Chris Roush, currently the sports director there at KQ two. I mean, you both were very young coming out, talented reporters, and you got that base. Was there ever any thought to pursuing the TV side, or why did you go to play-by-play instead? I don't know. You know, I think I heard a quote sometime that um, I don't even know who it was from, but it always resonated with me that, you know, you want to be the guy that's there calling it when it happens, not when it gets done. And that's just, I just, I love the, you know, I love KQ2. It gave me some great experience, and I learned a ton, you know, from you and Justin Sampson and Bridget Blevins and, you know, even some of the people on the news side. It was a great experience. The atmosphere was awesome, and, you know, I had a lot of fun doing that. But I just always went back to, you know, the surprise of play-by-play and how every time you, you get on the mic, it's it can be something completely different, and you just never know what's going to happen. You have to be – you know, everything is right there in front of you. I mean, there's no, you, you have to be ready to go. It kind of, you know, I loved playing sports and just loved competing and loved being around a team. And I, I think that as a play-by-play, I get that feeling kind of that I get to kind of bring that energy that I like to have when, you know, when I was playing at a very low level, just so we're clear, but just I, I get to kind of, you know, I've always felt like that's about as close as I can get to to still playing because we all, you know, we all dream of, of playing for forever and going to the pros and doing all that, but that, that feels like that's my version of, of playing at the highest level and, you know, I get to impact the game kind of in my own way, not that you want to make it about yourself or anything, but you know, I can think back to, you know, a number of calls. The one that always stands out to me growing up was the 2008 National Championship and uh, the, the the call of Mario Chalmers' shot when Kansas won it, or when he tied it, I should say. But, like, I can I have that call in my mind forever. And there's so many of those that, you know, kind of give you chills when you're thinking about it. And so that's I, I just love that you can have that sort of an impact on, on those big moments that for so many people who love sports it means so much that is honestly a great way of putting it because you can let them feel that energy that you're not in the arena with you but they kind of pull that off of the way that your inflection comes off even if it's a small crowd i mean you can let them know how big of a play that is so uh, that's very well put very modest of you too, because I've seen you play basketball and football and baseball. Actually, I'm so, I'm sorry about all three you're, of those. I really you're am. pretty good back at Bishop Blonde. <laughs> uh, also, very excited that we had a Justin Sampson reference. We'll circle back to him in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, biggest misconception about what you do? What is it? Ooh, that's a that's tough. Um, I think. I, I I almost I don't even know if it's what I do, but where you know I think sometimes people get the misconception because I'm on ESPN. I've kind of I'm kind of there, like I've arrived. But it's that that would probably be the biggest misconception. I I just you know I think that there, there's so much that goes into it. There's so many games on ESPN. They've been so good to me. They really have. Every year they've given me more. Um, they've given me bigger opportunities, and so I'm just trying to make the most of those. And it's it's a slow process. You know, everyone's path is different, so it's 
you know, it's a slower process for me, just kind of grinding my way up and trying to get more and break into more sports. But uh, as far as the industry goes, that's really, that's tough. I mean, I, I would say, I'm not sure what the biggest misconception is. I think it, it was funny to me when I did my first game, uh, it, there was just a lot going on that I would have had no idea. I mean, I, I feel like naive now, but I, when I got there, it was Nebraska-Boston College. I think I was 23, and uh, I sat down, and the guy sits down next to me and kind of introduces himself, and uh, he was my stat guy. And it, I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Didn't know what to expect. Just so happened he is awesome. He was just—he's one of the best there is, pretty much. And I found that out later. And he was just passing me note after note, stat after. I mean, I was like, "This is awesome. This is unbelievable." So I, I think there's just a lot of stuff that if people were to walk into a broadcast or walk into a booth or uh, into a truck, they would say, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that all this went into into what you guys are doing. It's it's pretty amazing. All the people and all the things that they can do that I could not imagine having the capability doing. That's that's probably what I think most people would at least be surprised by. Well, you think about just the broadcast that we do here locally, and they're smaller, even just like a, for the Bearcat Radio Network, oh, yeah. or or even down to the high school level. And it is, you know, you're you're doing all your prep work, and then you're come up here and you're running the board and, and um, doing all that to make sure your levels are okay. I got to see behind the scenes of you doing a TV game, and you're not necessarily hands on with that technology right in front of you. But you're also juggling ten thousand other things because it's a national broadcast that we don't necessarily have when it's just coming out here over the Midwest of people handing you cards for readers and that guy sliding you stats and he's constantly talking. You're keeping up with your charts. You've got binoculars watching the sideline and yeah, I mean it's just there is so much going on behind the scenes of a broadcast that people don't know. And honestly, the fact that they don't know it is also kind of a tip of the cap to you as well because you want it to seem like I'm just in your living room talking with you and kind of letting you know what's going on. And so, yeah, it's, there's a lot to handle while um, telling people what's going on with that game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I I like that part though, because I like, you know, like I said, I I miss play, you know, I miss playing. And I think the thing that when I was done playing that stuck out to me is it wasn't really playing itself. It was more of like the team and just kind of being around, uh, friends and, you know, guys that I still talk to all the time. And that's kind of the feel you get in the broadcast. You know, you kind of, those guys are, it's, it's like you're on a team pretty I mean, it is, it's not like you are on a team and that's, uh, I, I like that and it's exciting and it's definitely a lot of moving parts, but it's, uh, it, it's never a dull moment. So you've seen a lot of different games, teams, faces, some big time coaches around the country as well, but kind of dialing it back here, a little bit closer to home, Northwest Missouri State, as a student, and then uh, going out and starting out at KQ2, you covered and watched a lot of Northwest Missouri State sports, and, and a lot of faces have changed over the years, but one that's been the same, you think about that Northwest Missouri State men's basketball program, what's that like for your perspective now? Um, not necessarily in it every day, covering every game, going to every press conference, but now sitting back and seeing it more, a little bit more from a fan's point of view, how do you kind of evaluate the way that these guys go about playing their game and, and just keep on winning every single year? Unbelievable. I mean, it really is. I, I, the, the fact that, you know, Coach McCollum, I still call him that. I think I'm thinking of back to when I'm like 19 years old, first in the 
in the uh, media luncheons on Wednesday afternoons. But uh, he is unbelievable what they've done and the sustainability. I've always thought almost, I mean, this is this could be way off base. I've almost thought that recruiting at Division Two might be tougher than Division One, especially to stay at the top like he has. Because I look at it like you have to find those guys that – kind of slip through the cracks and that are right on the edge of being good enough to play at that top level of Division One basketball, but you are looking to give them, you know, a different opportunity and a chance to go win national championships for a powerhouse at the Division Two level. I mean, you know, the, the, no, the notoriety has come because there's this, especially this past season, I can't tell you how many, and this wasn't just Northwest people, this was across the country, people who watched them, in the national tournament, in the national championship game, said, "How many teams can they beat at the at the top level?" And, and I think that that's that was a valid question. I mean, sometimes you hear some stuff like, "Oh, could Alabama beat an NFL?" No, but how many teams could that Northwest team compete with and and beat at the at the next level? And I think they could have really given some Division One programs some trouble because he has a system there. They run it to perfection. Uh, it's funny, you know, I can remember all the way back to Deshaun Cooper ever since him and maybe before that, because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have really known before that, but since Deshaun Cooper, they have had arguably the best point guard in the country every year since then, or, or a top, top level guard, uh, which just seems to be the staple. And then they've got a sniper on the outside that, you know, goes back to Zach Schneider and, uh, it's. It is unbelievable what he's done, and and just to further that point, that was a tremendous experience when I was a student growing up covering them either for the radio station or for KQ2 because he is uh, a great dude, funny to be around, very lighthearted in those in those media sessions, has a lot of fun, and that just makes it a blast to cover. Well, one of the conversations that always sticks with me, and I think it's just because of how things have resulted in the past. I don't know, five, six years for Northwest men's basketball. But it was either when Cooper was just finishing up or Justin Pitts was a freshman, but we were out at a practice together, and you said, Ben McComb's going to win a few national championships here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, Chucky, well, it's, it's pretty hard to win a national championship, especially <laughs> through the tournament in basketball. But, I mean, yeah, they, they are really good. And then you were right on the money. I mean, they've won three in the last five years, and they've been on fire and, and will once again be one of the best teams in the country. I mean, what in your mind sets this program apart whenever you think about obviously the point guards and, and coach Mack is so good, but I mean, this, this program's tremendous. It's everything is just, I mean, I would, I, I think kind of the team, when I saw Justin Pitts as a freshman, I was young too, but I was just, when I saw him like the first time, I just thought, man, this kid, I've never seen a kid this young have that sort of control over the game and comfort. It was just so free flowing. It was so natural and you know, almost it just looked easy. I mean, he would get to that spot in lane and that little one handed floater. I mean, that is like his signature, but he was doing that from day one. It just that blew my mind. I think that kind of I, I think I look at that and I think the whole program I mean it just I've never watched them and said they're out they're in a funk. You know, they're they're that this team has them off balance right now. I've just never seen that. I just think there's such a, a confidence in what they do. They're so calm with everything, and it's and yet it's so precise, and it's it, it's it looks like perfection at times. I mean, again, the national thing. You know, there were multiple possessions they had 
uh, in the semifinal and in the national championship that got put out there that was like, this is the perfect basketball possession. And there was just all these passes, zipping it around, skipping it, drive, kick, extra pass. I mean, everything was, was to a T. Uh, so that I, I just think whatever he's got going up there from the moment they step in the locker room, the moment they step on the practice court for the first time, it is the perfect formula because they, they always look like they are in control of everything that happens. Well, then on the other side, you think about Northwest Missouri State women's basketball, and, of course, you got to know Coach Meyer. Uh, Austin Meyer is the assistant there for uh, Ben McComan for about 11 years. Now running the women's basketball program, there are some parallels there, too, which I don't want to put all the pressure of go win three championships in five years. But you think about the way they were bringing in a lot of four-year players, a couple transfers here and there that are high-impact, high-character kids, but they're kind of putting together the same way of we're going to play good defense, take care of the basketball, the points will come, and you feel like there are similar building blocks there on the women's side that you're kind of starting to see come together. And, and, they, and I think that's the perfect marriage with Austin Meyer, too, because it means something to him. He understands the culture up there. He understands the environment that he can bring players into. And it's, I, I think he's got something to sell. You know, you can sell – hey, this is a community that will rally behind this school and behind its programs if we can give them the proper tools to do so, if we can show them that we can really compete. And all you have to do is show show those possible recruits, hey, look at what the men are doing. Look at how this place gets packed. If we win, this is what will happen. I mean, they will come and they will watch and support. And I think it's a perfect match for them. He's clearly got it going in the right direction. And uh, you guys have given me some chances to do some of their games in the past couple of years, and I always enjoyed always enjoyed talking to him because he is he, he knows what he's doing. He's got a he's got the the uh, the plan in place, and I, I think in the coming years they are they're gonna they're gonna get there as well, and they're gonna start to be a power in the MIAA, which is where they belong. When I got there, that's kind of you know they were right on the cusp of being one of those those top programs. Um, and they, you know, had some rough years. It happens, but I'm glad they are where they are, and they're being led by who they're being led by because that's a that's a good fit. And now, Chuck, we start to wrap up with you here, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast with us. A Northwest Missouri guy, you're in the KC area. Where do you want to be in five to ten years? Which is a loaded question. I'm sure you get asked all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I ooh, that's tough. I I really just I I don't know if I have a definite answer i just want you know i want to make sure there's no i I don't want to be stagnant ever you know i want to keep keep building and growing i'd love to be in kansas city honestly that that would be great um if a if an opportunity came up that i couldn't pass up i'm sure uh, i would have to uh i'd talk to my wife about it we'd see what would happen but uh i'd like to be here but I do I do love being at ESPN. There's a lot of variety. I've gotten to build some really good relationships with people there, and they've always treated me well. So I'd, I'd love to have a chance to be a mainstay there. Um, that That's always kind of been my first thought. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just want progress. I want to be doing – I want to be doing more. I want to be doing big games. That's – everybody would tell you that. So it's, that's not a big surprise or revelation, but <laughs> – uh, just just progress, I think, you know, and I, I hope that, you know, I, I've done that the first four years. I hope I do it again this year. Um, and in five years, I hope, you know, maybe at that point I've, I've found myself into a, into a good spot and I've gotten to a little bit of a rhythm. But uh, not, nothing, you know, I'm not in five years, I'm not looking to be 
uh, calling the World Series or anything like that. I just I, I just want to keep growing and really kind of polishing polishing what I do because I know there's a long way to go from from what I'm doing, but also how I'm doing it, and um, just just being better at what I do, pretty much. So that's that's my main goal right now. All right, all right. When you look back at what you've done so far, what's the best sporting event that you've covered? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I've, there's been a lot of really good college basketball games I've done. Um, Illinois, Missouri this year was really cool. I wish that place would have been full. Um, I wish it had been in St. Louis like it usually is, but that was a really good game. It was a really fun atmosphere, and just the caliber of game was fun. We did one. Uh, it was actually the last game I did before COVID hit. It was Oklahoma TCU, uh, not this past year, but the one before. And Oklahoma was on the bubble. They were on the road, needed a win, and Austin Reeves had 41 for the Sooners and hit a buzzer beater, and that was just unbelievable. I mean, they were on the road, so it kind of it was more of a silenced crowd than it was a, a crazy one. But that was really fun. I know I'm missing some. I mean, there's. Iowa State, Texas Tech. When Texas Tech won the Big Twelve regular season, there, there's a lot of them. But I uh, hopefully I'll have more for you in in six months that I can tell you about too. All right, well, bringing it back a little bit closer to home. Your best memory as a student at Northwest or covering the Bearcats? Man, there's I can vividly remember calling a lot of of. There weren't a lot of close football games. I have to say, as much as I loved calling them, there were not a lot of close games as far <laughs> as basketball goes. And Deshaun Cooper, watching him, calling there. I mean, those those guards. I just that's what I always think back to. It was so exciting calling games. Deshaun Cooper, Justin Pitts, and kind of seeing. You know, I can I can remember telling you that that I thought they were going to win a national championship. I don't know that there's a specific game that stands out to me about that, but there were there were some really good games, and you could see the the seeds being planted for what we are are now harvesting as far as the national championships go i i think bearcat basketball in general that would be my memory from from calling games there because i i always enjoyed that and i got to call a lot of them so it was a perfect storm and like you said we try to get you a few here and there too whenever we can and whenever john and i are tied up elsewhere so plenty more of those to come as well i forgot i want to dial back to that best sporting event you've covered I mean, you didn't throw out the 2015 uh, ALCS clincher for the Royals? That's true. I kind of, uh, I was thinking play-by-play. That was yeah, pretty In good, the clubhouse though. for it, yeah. What's crazy is, is they went to the World Series and were ready to clinch, and a Cardinals fan <laughs> went instead of me to cover that, which is just wild to me. I, I mean, you probably think the same. Oh, wait, that was you. So that's, uh, yeah. They had to send the sports director to New York. Yeah, I but don't had think they had to. I think he requested it, but that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you had to know. You knew you weren't going to get a chance to do it with the Cardinals. You had to take the Royals. That's fine. <laughs> you know, if Game Six would have come back home, it would have been yours. Just uh-huh. that's how it breaks. <laughs> yeah. Easy to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one for you too. Before I let you go, Chuck, what is your top memory of working with Justin Sampson? Oh man, that is really. For those that don't remember, uh, Justin went to the University of Ohio, came to St. Joseph, worked at KQ2, did a lot of great work. He covered both Northwest and Missouri Western high school sports. um, And and really, really good guy, great reporter for us here. Now he's back living closer to Chicago. But I know you two are close, so 
He, uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't know if I want to give a specific, I can give a specific mannerism of his, which was like a hands thrown in the air and some sort of a dramatic noise coming from him. He had a, he had a tendency when the deadline was tight, which they were quite often, that uh, I can just very vividly remember him throwing both hands up in the air like, oh, what are we going to do? I, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do. That's, uh, th- there's my Justin Sampson memory. I think... Uh, the rest can be shared in private. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't remember the name of an athlete either, he always came up with the most bizarre, off-the-wall thing to say, too. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but, hey, great, great reporter and anchor, and I learned a ton from both of you, so I'll, uh, I'll give him that. I'll give him the positive there. Now I'm just you know sitting back watching you two do big things, so it's uh-huh. good. Yeah. Chuck, uh, it's always great to catch up with you. Hopefully sometime we can actually talk in person, but... Uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast, and and, and keep up your great work. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Chucky Kemp, the Northwest alum, joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Really appreciate him coming on and chatting with us. And a young up-and-coming broadcaster, the sky's the limit for Chucky as he moves forward throughout his career. Last week, we had the newest addition to the Northwest Missouri State Athletic Department joining us on Bearcat Rewind. That's Naomi Tellez, the new softball coach. Be sure to check that episode out, as well as former head coach for women's basketball, Gene Steinmeier, two weeks prior, and so many other archived podcasts. So check out those episodes here on Bearcat Rewind. Thanks to Alex Kurt, a professor here at Northwest Missouri State, producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.